Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. Pastor James is fired up and ready to preach. I hope you enjoy this sermon. On the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by over and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her. There we see, we see the hands of Jesus. He put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. And the Lord answered him, you hypocrites. Oh, I love it when Jesus does that. <laughs> you hypocrites. Now, that doesn't give us permission to lash out like that. Jesus, when he always did it, it, it was the right thing to do. Sometimes we just do it for the wrong thing to do. You hypocrites. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all of his opponents were humiliated. But the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. The healing Jesus offers is for the body and soul, mind and emotions, physical and spiritual. Now, though the temple resided only in Jerusalem, synagogues were like local churches throughout different communities in the nation of Israel, but also around the world. And as a guest rabbi, Jesus was asked to teach in the synagogue of this town. Now, he had already had a reputation as a dynamic teacher who spoke with great authority, or else he would not have been given this opportunity. Now, what's interesting is a rabbi usually had a, a, a long education. Many of them were attorneys. Jesus didn't have that education, but he had the authority. He had the power. And so not, any, not just anyone was allowed to speak publicly in the local synagogue, but at this time Jesus was, because his ministry of miracles and healing was already well known. And on this particular Sabbath day, a woman came who had been crippled for 18 years. Not only that, but she was crippled due to an evil spirit. Now, this is fascinating. She was not demon-possessed, but she was under attack from Satan. She was under a spiritual attack that caused a physical effect. Sometimes our ailment is physical. Other times, the source of our sickness is spiritual. Either way, the first point I want to make this morning is this. The hands of Jesus bring healing and wholeness to body, soul, and spirit. Amen? Amen. By his stripes we are healed. We make this claim. This is what Easter is all about. This is what Good Friday is all about. Jesus died. By his stripes we are healed. Body, soul, and spirit. And I believe that the Lord wants to bring wholeness to each and every one of us. Now, that's a process. It's a journey. But we need to have the faith to believe that Jesus can heal your heart, your soul, your mind, your emotions, not just your body. Jesus wants to bring complete wholeness to our whole person. Now we see this in Luke chapter 4, verse 40. 
When the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, whatever, cancers, infections, leprosy we've seen. And laying his hands, there again, we see the hands of Jesus doing healing. Laying his hands on each one, he healed them, the hands of healing. Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, you are the son of God. What's amazing is the demons believed in Jesus more than the Pharisees did. You are the son of God, but he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Christ. Though this woman had been in bondage for 18 years, how many know she was still faithful to attend church? I want to thank you for being here today. You know, you may have faced many obstacles to get here, but you're here. You know, when I was over in Egypt, I had to go through two metal detectors. I had to go past a riot police checkpoint. I had to go through all of these steps just to get into church. And I was amazed with that when I got in there, the place was packed and everybody had to go through all of that. What keeps us from church? Here, this woman, she had every excuse in the world. She was completely bent over for 18 years, yet here she was at church. And though this woman had been in bondage for 18 years, she was still faithful. Now, sometimes healing is instantaneous. Other times, it's progressive. Sometimes healing is immediate. Other times, it may take years. Sometimes healing is a process. I see, I, we see this a lot with our emotional and mental healing. Sometimes it's, it's not instantaneous. It's a process of becoming free. But we have to understand this, number two. Healing happens on God's time frame, not ours. Now, we are to come to ask the Lord to heal us, whatever plagues us, whatever we're suffering from. But we understand that God has purpose in the timing. What's amazing is this woman had had this sickness for 18 years, and it all culminates right here at this very moment at this synagogue. How many know God had a purpose? God had a plan. And so our healing happens on God's time frame. It doesn't always happen like we want it, when we want it. And God heals many different ways. You've heard me share that before. But listen to these different time frames of healing in the Bible. Matthew 9, 20. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And you know the rest of the story. She was healed. Look at John 5, 5. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. We have 12 years, 18 years, now 38 years, and this man was healed. And then John 9, 1, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. Who knows how old this man was. From the rest of the story, he was certainly you know, being able to make his own decisions, and so he was in his 30s or 40s. But his whole life, he had been blind. And Jesus healed every one of these people. And I'm here to tell you, when they were healed, they didn't care about the eight years, the 12 years, the, the 38 years. All they cared about is they were healed. And every time they were healed after a long delay like this, God received great glory. And so we are to persist in prayer, though. Don't give up. Don't give up praying. 
Can you imagine if this lady said, you know what? I've come to this church for 18 stinking years. I'm not coming today. The Seahawks are on and they got a new quarterback today. It's like that preacher that called in sick on a Sunday and he went golfing instead and he hit a hole in one. But who could he tell? That didn't happen to me, by the way. Now, this woman could have become bitter and angry at God for her condition, but she was not. I love this quote from the Wearsby Bible Commentary. If I had been crippled for 18 years, I wonder if I would be faithful to worship God week after week in the synagogue. Surely this woman had prayed and asked God for help, and yet she was not delivered. However, God's seeming unconcerned did not cause her to become bitter or resentful. There she was in the synagogue. I'm telling you, if we're not careful, the delay in our healing can cause us to grow bitter. This is so important that we do not go there. No matter how long it's been, we continue to believe, we continue to pray, we continue to hope, we continue to have faith. And most likely, this lady had been faithfully attending the synagogue, hoping and praying for healing for 18 years. What if she gave up and stayed home? Sometimes we give up too soon and miss out on the healing Jesus has for us, but not this woman. Though she didn't know it, today was her day. How many you know today could be your day? That thing that's been plaguing you and you've been struggling with and suffering from, today could be your day. Every day you wake up and say, Lord, today could be the day. I believe, I ask, I won't grow bitter. When Jesus saw this bound and bent over woman, he stopped the service and called her forward. I mean, no, this wasn't in the schedule. This was not in the priest. Now, at the order of service, after we read this, then this will happen. And then Jesus just blew up the order of service, stopped the, whole, stopped the church, brought everything to a complete stop. A sudden stop. When I was a kid in elementary school, I was riding on the handlebars of my friend's bike. Remember those days, y'all? I mean, I love those days. You know, you'd have a clothespin with a playing card in the spokes of the tire. Just, I, I mean, we used to do crazy things. We would take our bikes apart and make choppers out of them, putting the, the forks in different lengths. And it was good times, good times. And there we were, without helmets, riding on a bike on tandem that wasn't a tandem bike. My friend was driving. I was sitting on the handlebars. I had my feet on the axle nuts of the front tire. And sure enough, my foot slipped and went into the spokes. I'm telling you, that bike stopped immediately and catapulted both of us over the handlebars onto the pavement. You know, inertia is a funny thing. As the saying goes, it's not the fall that gets you, it's the sudden stop at the end. Jesus brought the service to a sudden stop. He spoke these words. I imagine the rabbi or the ruler of the synagogue was like, what is he doing? What is he doing? This is not in the service order. What is he doing? Starting to freak out. And then he spoke these words. Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. See, Jesus had been hearing these prayers for 18 years. And now was the moment. 
Before God does something, he usually speaks it first. Because there's power in God's spoken word. And he speaks it and then he does miracles. And Jesus laid hands on her. He said these words and then he laid hands on her. What was the purpose of him laying his hands on her? It is a principle. This principle of laying on of hands is all throughout the Bible. And we'll study it more as we go along, as we will see But once Jesus spoke her deliverance and placed his hands on her, she immediately straightened up and praised God. Wouldn't you? I mean, can you imagine? She stands straight up. This was an amazing and wonderful miracle. However, the ruler of the synagogue was not pleased. His is a strange and unusual reaction. I don't know, if someone who had been crippled for so long was healed in your synagogue, you would think the reaction would be unbridled joy, celebration, and thanksgiving to God. He had been her pastor for 18 years. He had probably prayed with her for her healing. And all of a sudden, she is healed, and he's ticked off. It says he was indignant, which also in the Greek can mean resentful or offended. Number three, your healing may make others indignant. Hmm. Some may become resentful and offended or even envious. The ruler would rather her remain crippled than to be healed on the Sabbath. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that just stun you? I want you to know some will try to hinder your healing. Some don't want you to get healthy because then they have to get healthy. You understand what I'm saying? When you get things right, then everybody around you has to get things right. And the reality is this. Some people benefit from your dysfunction. Others profit off of your addiction and bondage. And there are those who depend on your codependence. If they can keep you down, they will never have to rise up themselves. So I just want to encourage you, rise up. Rise up. Be healed. You know, living in denial is no way to live. We all have some denial in our lives, whether we realize it or not. Well, that's the point of denial. You don't realize you're in denial. I pastored for about 17 years on the coast and I was at the driving range working on my swing, bless God, after my shoulder surgery, that's hard to say. I want you to know that I can now swing a golf club again, hallelujah. Don't try to hinder my healing. So I was on the driving range working on my swing and I hooked a golf ball over the side fence on the left. I mean, I got it way over. You know how tall those fences are. I accomplished it. I went over the fence. And I winced and waited for the sound, for any sound. And then I thought I heard what distinctly sounded like the shattering of glass. My first instinct was to grab my golf bag and run. Instead, I decided to ignore it and just keep hitting balls, saying that was not a shattering of glass. It was something else. 
And then this guy walks up. And he said, you broke the window of my truck. And he was holding the range ball in his hand. I could no longer live in denial. All the evidence was there. The hook shot over the fence, the sound of shattering glass, and the stupid range ball. Therefore, I came out of my den of denial and offered to pay for the replacement of his, of his window. It's time for us to come out of denial and take responsibility. Remember, healing is for body, soul, and spirit. Some people need a physical healing. Some need an emotional touch. Some need to be healed spiritually by the hands of Christ. But the ruler said the healing was allowed on Sunday. Through, you can get healed on Sunday through Friday, but you can't get healed on Saturday. I mean, was that the sign outside the synagogue? Hours. You can get healed on these days only. Can you believe that? He was trying to regulate when healing, deliverance, and miracles were permitted. The Believer's Bible Commentary says this, the ruler of the synagogue indignantly told the people that they should come for healing on the first six days of the week, but not on the seventh. He was a professional religionist with no deep concern for the problems of the people. Even if they, if they had come on the first six days of the week, he could not have helped them. He was a stickler about the technical points of the law, but there was no love or mercy in his heart. If he had curvature of the spine for 18 years, he would not have minded on which day he was straightened out. It's interesting to note that the ruler of the synagogue was not surprised that Jesus healed somebody because Jesus had that reputation. And it seems apparent that this lady had attended the synagogue for all these years. And so why hadn't the synagogue ruler healed her? Hmm? I mean, why are you so upset she's healed? Except for the fact that maybe you couldn't do that. Was he more upset that Jesus healed on the Sabbath or that Jesus could do what he could not? Hmm. Most likely out of pride and envy, the synagogue ruler tried to correct Jesus, the Son of God. And he didn't even talk to Jesus directly. He talked to the people like Jesus wasn't there. Saying, oh, this is all wrong. You're not supposed to do this. But... In, this, in the same sense, he was accusing Jesus of working on the Sabbath. But, we, but the reality is Jesus, it was no work for Jesus to heal. I mean, no, it came easily for Jesus to heal. Whoever he touched, whoever he spoke to was, was healed. It wasn't hard. It wasn't a difficult task. I've been to Israel, and it was interesting. In one hotel we stayed at, that it was on the Sabbath, and so there was no food that was cooked. It was all cold food, and the, even the elevators were un, would just go to each floor, stop and open, you, you, so you didn't have to touch the button. That's how, how people, how rigid some people get, which they didn't understand what the synagogue was all about. And we're in no position to dictate to God when and what and where he does anything. And so after the negative reaction of the ruler, Jesus let him have it. Remember, he, 
he ignored Jesus and talked to the people. Well, Jesus talked to him. And Jesus always called it like it was. He called the ruler and religious leaders out for being hypocrites. And number four, where there is hypocrisy, there won't be healing. This is an important principle for us to understand. We're believing God for a a revival, an awakening in our nation, in our land, in our church. We're believing God for revival. But I'm here to tell you where there's hypocrisy, there will not be revival. There will not be healing. There will not be miracles. And we all have some hypocrisy we've got to deal with in our hearts. All of us. I would surmise that this was the first healing this synagogue had ever seen. You know, you got to go to those workplaces where 300 days since a lost time accident. You know, this, they'd say, how many days since a miracle? Well, they got one. But sometimes healing is hindered due to hypocrisy. We're not real. We're not honest about ourselves. We're playing a role. We're playing games. We're acting it out, which is what hypocrisy means. One who wears a mask. And so healing is hindered by hypocrisy. And we see an example of this hindrance to healing in Mark chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Jesus had come to his hometown, and they became offended at him. And so in verse 4, Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house is a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Did you hear that? He could not do many miracles because of their lack of faith, their hypocrisy, and their offense. They did not receive the healing they needed. And so if there's a, a check-in, if you're struggling with a, a healing and you need God to do something, look at your heart. Is there any hypocrisy there? Is there a lack of faith there? Is there an unresolved offense? Because those things will hinder what God has for us in our lives. Unresolved offense will keep us in bondage. And it is no wonder this woman was crippled for so long in that environment. The Life Application Bible note says, the synagogue leader could not see beyond the law to Jesus' compassion in healing this crippled woman. Jesus shamed him and the other leaders pointing out their hypocrisy. They would untie their animals and care for them, but they refused to rejoice when a human being was freed from Satan's bondage. Isn't that tragically ironic the religious religious leaders would untie their animals but not their people they would let their animals drink of water but not their people the pharisees and the teachers of the law kept people in bondage and they placed heavy burdens on them and jesus mentions this in matthew 23 verse 1 then jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must obey them and do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. In the, rea the reality is the religious leaders did not want their people to be free. They wanted them dependent. They wanted them controlled. They wanted to keep them in check 
So they kept them in bondage through a controlling and manipulative misuse of the Sabbath. How many know the Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments, keeping the Sabbath holy? But the Sabbath was made for man as a, a time of rest. And we see in the New Testament, the Sabbath principle is still sound. We are to rest. We are to take a day. Some, it just doesn't have to be a, a certain day, a particular day. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Sabbath. He gives us rest. But the people were kept in check by this bondage, and it was, it was not the true Sabbath law. It had been changed. It had been bent and twisted. And not only did the religious leaders keep the people in bondage, they were in bondage themselves. Again, Wiersbe's Bible commentary says, the bondage of the ruler of the synagogue was worse than that of the woman. Her bondage affected only her body, but his bondage shackled his mind and heart. He was so bound and blinded by tradition that he ended up opposing the Son of God. What if in our bondage, our tradition, whatever keeps us from knowing the Lord, hinders us from our healing. Satan had bound her. And you know, the, the woman, the ruler, kind of shows contempt for this woman. I mean, instead of rejoicing with her, he didn't know what it was like to be bent over for 18 years, to be crippled that way. And, he, and so he shows some kind of contempt. After all, why'd you have to get healed on the, today? Of all the days, why'd you have to get healed today? But Jesus defended her. He called her a daughter of Abraham. He wanted this ruler to understand she is a daughter of God. My last point is this. The healing hands of Jesus set people free. Would you bow your heads with me today? It's time, the purpose of preaching is to proclaim truth and then call for a response. And so I want to do that today. I'm not asking you to raise your hand or anything like that at this point. I just want to ask these questions. And if they ring true with you, that you would just speak it to the Lord. You could just say amen in your own heart. What kind of healing do you need today? Do you need a physical healing? The hands of Jesus heal. Do you need an emotional healing? That's very real. That's nothing to be ashamed of. That's nothing to hide. Do you need a mental healing? How many know mental illness is real? And people struggle with it and are challenged by it. And maybe you've battled it for years. I encourage you, keep coming to the synagogue. Keep coming to the hands of Jesus. Keep coming. Or maybe the, the healing you need is spiritual. There's something wounded in your spirit and in your heart. And so today, what bondage do you need to be set free from? Is it the bondage of sin? Is it a bondage of addiction? 
or fear or anxiety or depression? Is there a bondage of doubt or loneliness? Whatever it may be, we need to come to the healing hands of Jesus. Those of you in the altar, don't be in a hurry to leave. I'm going to dismiss at this time. I'm going to ask our elders to come forward if you want someone to pray with you or if you just want to kneel in the altar and talk to God. But this is a sacred moment. And if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, I invite you to come forward and speak with one of these elders that will be standing here. This is a time where the Lord wants us to be free and to take these things to heart. The healing is waiting for us. God is ready, but are we? Are we ready? Are we dealing with those things in our heart that hinder our healing? Unforgiveness, bitterness. Is there anything in the way, offense, that's keeping us from what God has for us, that healing that we need? So Pastor Nathan is gonna to continue to lead in song and I invite you, you're free to remain. Let's keep our conversation to the foyer because God's doing a sacred thing here. And if you wanna stay and just worship, if you wanna to come to the altar, if you want prayer from the elders, so be it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Let's worship. Thank you for joining us today. Our worship service begins at 1030 every Sunday. You can join us in person or online. We broadcast live on both Facebook and YouTube. We would love for you to join us and be our guest this Sunday. Our address is 4901 California Avenue, Bakersfield, California. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.